But first you need to save yourself. <laughs> Read my self-help book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just, just hands you a self-help book. Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective Serpent Folk. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to our podcast, Tales from the Table. I am uh, the Dungeon Master Cloud. I can't talk this morning. I'm the... Uh, I've forgotten how to talk. I don't Just even remember what my, my spiel is. No, it's fine. No, no, keep going. You got no, this. No, it's one fine. Will and Kaden. I'm the... Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm the Dungeon Master and the creator of this adventure. I'm, I'm very sweaty. And around our virtual TMR, table, we have TMR, uh, Athanasius, Flower, and Caden, and Caden, and Caden. There we go. Okay, we, we've done it. We've got through. Uh, last time, I'm not gonna lie, uh, you guys. I almost didn't write a summary. Uh, but uh, I was maybe gonna make you guys do one just to torture you. But I, I, I kind of did. Uh. Let's see. Last time, the party narrowly escaped their first encounter with one of the dreaded floaty boys guarding the skies over Zoldzara. You know what? You brought this on yourselves. I'm so proud. (laughs) Yep. A quick-thinking fog cloud from Caden and a bit of teleportation from Athanasius allowed them to escape with their lives for now. But as they wandered the streets looking for somewhere safe to spend the night, Athanasius felt a call from the city's necropolis. There, he was confronted by some form of his childhood friend, Zania, who tried to impart a cryptic warning about the power of words. Athanasius was then forced to admit to the rest of the party that uh, his powers are at least next door to necromancy, which troubled Flower deeply. I like that phrase, next door to necromancy. (laughs) That was a good one. At least, at least. Is this sort of necromancy adjacent sometimes? No, stick with next door. Uh, uh, With devious and dangerous magic all around, sentinels patrolling overhead, and doubt creeping into their hearts. How long can our heroes hold out in the center of the gloaming? Find out right now. I was trying to remember the name of the the tavern that I uh, generated with the tavern name generator last time, and I think it was the Hot Demon didn't i say there was like a demon in a bathtub full of fire uh, was, on was the it side the flaming yep. demon the toasty demon i'm pretty sure it was just the hot demon yeah my brain went very literal there for a second at the end thinking just like a demon in fire but it really should have maybe been like a very scantily clad it should have demon. been like a succubus or something yeah yeah the hot demon i was thinking hot like fire but i i really shouldn't have been i should have yeah when you go outside the next morning, the sign is different. <laughs> the worm demon. The worm demon barn in. Yes. Slightly better than average looking demon. That <laughs> The six out of ten demon. I can't even. Solid six out of ten. I can't even. Oh my god. Uh, all right. So yeah, you wake up uh, in the room uh, that you had. Rise and shine. Uh, it's, by the way, still been twilight the entire time, and it is still twilight, and it will always be twilight. Are our pocket watches still working? Yeah, thank goodness you have those pocket watches. 
do they come with alarms? No. How do I know when to get up? A little mechanical cuckoo bird pops out the top. <laughs> sure. Why? Sure. Why not? That's going to get me into trouble later if I tell you that happens, because then you're going to be yeah. like, oh, no, guys, I've got this great idea. We're going to use it. We're going to. And then you guys are just going to. Mine just tases me. Uh... Like... <laughs> I mean, that's very on on character, on brand. Aren't you resistant to lightning damage? I'm immune. Oh, oh, so then how would it work? You guys look across the room and you just see tiny little lightning bolts shooting into Caden doing absolutely nothing. It would wake me up. He like uh, fucking mind freezing me awake. (laughs) Or mine just punches me. (laughs) Yeah, one of those like big old boxing glove just pops out. Big boxing glove just pops out and just socks you right in the face. And then I go into a deeper sleep called a coma. Okay, Jesus. All right, we need to get moving. <laughs> it's morning, kind of, except totally not. All right, well, I'm up. I'm ready to get at him. Yeah, don't get resistance until level six. That's what Caden's thinking about yeah, right now? That's, <laughs> that's, that's what watch. Mac is actually worried about. And I get immunity. whether or not the pocket watch is wake us up. I get immunity up. at level 18. All right. Uh, I think from downstairs, you can still hear sort of exactly the same sounds that you heard last night when you came in uh the same smells of cooking drift up to you you can hear the same sort of low susurration of the paper people as they sort of whisper to each other nothing has changed and it looks exactly the same outside too because it's always perpetual twilight which is just sort of horrible um if we go downstairs is it all the exact same people Uh, I think maybe a few of them have changed, uh, but uh, some of the same people are still there, and definitely the uh, Minotaur dude who was uh, running the bar is definitely still there, still cleaning or sort of going through the motions of cleaning glasses and handing out, like, ale and food that no one is eating or drinking. What was the thing I was looking for? Void quartz? Void quartz, that's it. Alright, I want to go to the bartender and say, uh, hey, you know, uh, you know where I can find some void quartz around here? He sort of pauses in the, like, motion of rubbing down a glass with a totally dry rag (laughs) and looks, it's hard to do facial expressions again because paper, but sort of pauses for a moment. Mm, Void quartz? Yeah. You mean like the... Like the precious stone? Yes. Oh, well, that should be easy enough. Uh, There's precious stones all over the place here. Okay. Does that mean there should be some void quartz around here? Kind of shrugs. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, look out there. And he sort of points out the window and there's maybe just like a bunch of emeralds just like laying on the ground. Mm. All right. Thanks. He's kind of under his breath. He he uh, he thinks you're being sincere, so he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Goes back to wiping down glasses. Yeah, sure enough, you don't see it quite as much here as you did back in the Opal District, but still, there's you know heaps of treasure laying around, Wait, and I don't know what void quartz like looks that. like, do I? <laughs> I think specifically we determined you don't. Uh, I think you did a roll last time, so you I have go back no to idea. The what does void quartz look like? Do you know? 
black. It's definitely black. Just a black stone? Mm. Is it like a matte color? Is it slightly translucent? No, uh, not 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 a matte color. It's kind of like uh, hmm. It's like looking like a into sapphire, but black. No, not 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 quite. It's like looking into the void, like uh, you know, like the night the night sky. It's like looking at that. Got little little flecks of of moving stars and stuff in it. So it's the night sky in rock form. Yes. Got it. Thanks. No problem. He goes back to wiping glasses. Actually sincere thanks this time. It looks like quartz, he says as you go away. You know, uh, long crystals looks with like night sharp, color sharp sides. Got it. Right, right. Can't miss it. I guess, I guess the name Void Quartz makes sense then, huh? Yeah, the people who named it were kind of literal minded. Well, you know, he rolled last time and didn't know, so. Oh yeah, no, it's it's. Fu- I'm not mocking you. It's fine. <laughs> You're mocking Caden. I'm mocking. <laughs> why? You. I was gonna say why this particular Minotaur uh, tavern owner knows what void quartz looks like, but whatever. The world's gone topsy turvy, and now there's jewels just laying all over the ground. So it's fine. I pay for our room just as a formality. Okay, I think he kind of just sort of ignores whatever money you put down. But if it makes you feel better in your heart, then that's what matters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Outside is the same street that it was before. It's not, you know, not nearly as opulent as things were in the Opal District. Uh, but there's still, you know, some scattered bits of, you know, gloaming stuff scattered around. Jewels and, you know gauzy silk pavilions and you know crystal fountains full of wine and you know random stuff like that lots of paper animals flying around and rustling in the vegetation so do we want to head towards the tower then i kind of like poke my head out very slowly and look around for floaty boys yeah they are there um there's three floaty boys uh, two of them, well, one of them is sort of floating around the out, the outer limit of the city. One of them is patrolling, uh, sort of the section of the city that is like the inner ring that you are in. And then there's that third one wrapped firmly around the great glowing tower in the center of the city itself, which is bigger than the other two, by the way. And it has two heads. Uh, right now, uh, the floaty boy patrolling the inside of the city uh, is not anywhere near you, but you can see him quite clearly off in the distance. So, uh, what are we planning to do about floaty boy XXL over there? Do you think we could cause a distraction that would get it to leave its post? Wait, It'd have to be one? a big distraction. The one wrapped around the tower. Oh. The XXL one. There's only one XXL one. <laughs> Should have known. Thick boy. I can't. Flo- floaty boy thick. <laughs> floaty boy. Colon. So is thick. it wrapped around the tower? Yeah, it's sort of wrapped its long, sinuous body around the tower. Is it kind of uh, like, much like, like a... guarding it, more or less? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That thing is, is guarding the tower. Covering up the entrance? Um, from where you are right now, you can't see an entrance, and the reason why is that there's a second, uh, there's actually a wall between you and, 
actually, I think there's two, there's two walls. Oh yeah, there's three rings in this city. I fucked this one up a little bit, describing it. So you guys came in through the outer wall, and then you were in the Opal District, and then uh, you uh, wandered over into the Shaded District, which is called the Shaded District because it's in the shade cast by Mount Zamrad. Uh, you did uh, go into the Necropolis, which had its own sort of little wall, but then you came back out again. And then there is another wall between you and the uh, inner city districts, uh, which would be like the Garden District and the Silver District. And then there's actually another wall that is just around the tower uh, and the grounds surrounding it itself. So you have two more walls to get through before you would actually get to the base of the tower. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. The, the last wall almost doesn't quite count because it's like just around the tower and sort of like the surrounding grounds, but yeah. Distraction? Distraction time? You know, draw the floaty boys over? So we probably don't want to do anything till we get closer. Yeah, that's fair. I really don't want to get breathed on by another floaty boy. That was very painful. And that was only the little one. Yeah. That's fair, and that's why we're staying off the wide open streets. But that this doesn't... We need to make a plan for floaty boy colon thick. I mean, he seemed to be really confused by my fog cloud. The little ones did, at least, yeah. Mm. Well, I suppose if we get inside the inner wall, I could also just kind of try to teleport us to the entrance of the tower with Virtinia's ring. I think while we're talking, we're sneaking through the streets. Yeah. Yeah. We're walking, like, you know, under awnings and stuff. All right. As you do that, uh, Caden, uh, you feel a little bit of a tug uh, uh-huh. inside your head. And you see a piece of paper blow past you sort of in the wind. There's a lot of paper around here. Some of it is animals, some of it's people, some of it's just blowing around. And um, you see the same logo that is like the logo of your uncle's tea shop that was on the note you already have. Mm. It sort of blows forward down the street and then uh, sort of gets caught up against uh, the, the edge of a building. Hold on, guys. I head for it. Okay. Do you, do you need a pee? No, there's a, a thing. Oh, a thing. Oh, no. Is a weird ghost going to come talk to you, too? No, no, no. Caden, as you uh, sort of approach this piece of paper, uh, the wind tugs it free and uh, around the corner and uh, down into the next street. I approach the corner and I slow down and I look around the corner. Real carefully. There's a floaty boy! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there, it breathes at you. No, I'm not like that. Uh, what you see uh, is actually something uh, I think way more terrifying than a floaty boy. Um, there's a street lined with shops, and at the end of them is your uncle's tea shop. Mm. Oof. Oof. You see the piece of paper caught on the wind, and uh, you see it uh, sort of blow lazily in through the open door of the Heavenly Kettle, which was the name of your your uncle's tea shop. It looks exactly like you remember, except it's on this street full of shops. It looks exactly like how I remember it. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
So instead of, so I kind of like, what I was doing was I was peeking my head around the corner and now I just kind of like come out from behind the corner and I look down the street. I'm just looking at it. Keaton's not quite sure. He's thinking, God, I want to know, like, my uncle, like, was he here? Was that his shop? But I'm also like, he's really thrown off by how it looks exactly like how he remembers it. Yeah, and that like in every last detail. And it's here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. He knows it's bad juju, right? Oh, yeah. Like the architecture is way different than the other shops on the street. The other shops on the street look like they belong in Zuljara, and This one does not. This looks like it belongs in the northern mountains where you came from back in Wild Run. Like you can see the... Uh, the patches, you know, and the tiles on the roof that have been worn down by rain and snow, which you're pretty sure doesn't come here. You can see, uh, you know, the little places where grass and moss has started to grow in the gutters that you remember so well. The chips uh, out of, you know, different places of the paint and the sign. Everything down to the last detail is exactly the same. Hey, guys. Yeah. Yes, Caden? I point. That's my uncle's tea shop. As in, like, you're missing uncle's tea shop? Yes. We, sh- we should go in, then. Uh, wait a second. Didn't you say his tea shop was in your place of origin? Your, your homeland? <laughs> yeah, it is in Spring Hollow. Well, I mean, this place has got to have answers for where he is now. Does it? Like, what's... Why would he be here? Why would the tea shop look exactly how I remember it? I actually a Probably bad magic. feeling about that tea Prob- shop. Probably magic. I can go in and look if you're worried. No, I don't want to risk. I don't want to risk something being inside. King's really like down on himself now because he's like he wants to go so bad. Yeah, like, he wants. He wants that almost more than anything, but he knows, like, this place is dangerous. I think Athen puts his hand on Caden's shoulder. Listen, you you came with me to the necropolis, even though that was risky. I'm, I'm willing to go to your uncle's tea shop with you. I if- know, man, but... Listen, if you think that this can give you some amount of peace and some amount of answers, I'm I'm here for you. Because that's the thing, right? Like, the last note, the thing, the note that I found, like, it was encrypted. Like, it doesn't help me with anything. And I just kind of just felt worse after finding it. Well, what if the key to the encryption is in there? Oh, man. Oh, man. As you watch, you actually see... Like, uh, there's like a paper couple who's walking down the street. They seem to be, uh, you know, as as happy as the paper people can be, uh, kind of whispering to each other. And you see them just turn gently and walk in the open, inviting door of the tea shop. Is there like a, I imagine there's like a big storefront window to this tea shop. Yeah, in fact, um, like, did you, out of, you know, character a little bit, like, uh, I've been making up, you know, a bunch of stuff about Caden's backstory. But Caden, if you have ideas about how the tea shop looked and what it was like, uh, you know, by all means, please describe them. Yeah, I, I mean, I imagine it's not 
incredibly fancy. It's probably just got a couple small two-person tables outside. And then behind those tables is like this big front window where okay. you can see more tables inside. Yeah. Yeah. Or okay. Maybe it's obscured to the back. Yeah. I mean, there would be somewhere in there where your uncle had, you know, vats of boiling water and, mm. you know, uh, canisters of tea, you know, and he would prepare the various, you know, different kinds for the, the patrons like a who came fireplace in. fireplace on the side where there's water constantly boiling and there's like a big counter in the back where he's got a bunch of pots and pans or whatever to and tools he needs to make the tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, if there's there's tables outside, then there are there are some paper people sitting outside uh, that nice inviting front window, and you can see more people turning to go in. Let's uh, just go up to the window and look inside. All right. Yeah, we got your back. Yep. I nod. So we proceed to the window of the store. Kane wants to look inside. Yeah, uh, as you walk up to the tea shop, uh, no one really seems to pay you any mind. And as you look in the window, your heart is sort of in your throat because I think what you are both hoping and dreading to see is your uncle. But as you look, uh, there is actually no one behind the counter serving tea. Uh, There's a few people uh, in the store uh, and they're just sort of sitting around at the table talking, um, but they don't actually have cups of tea in front of them. Uh, doesn't seem to bother them much, though. Uh, there's no sign of your uncle in particular. Uh, you do notice that piece of paper that blew in. Uh, it's sort of caught around, uh, like, one of the, uh, like, two-person, uh, I don't know, tables, booths in the back? No booths in this tea shop. No booze. Okay, so so tables? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to look at the walls and see if... I imagine there was probably some things hung on the walls. Perhaps something... I imagine, like, they would have, like, probably, like, an award, like, Best Community Contributor Spring Hollow or something. Like, something... Yeah, that sure, make okay. sense for it to be on the wall in the city. Oh, yeah, for sure. A- everything... Uh, when you look inside, everything is exactly the same as you remember it. The pots and the kettles are the same. Uh, the, you know, the china teacups are the same. The, you know, the wooden tables and, you know, chairs and stools are all the same. There's a fire roaring in a fireplace uh, that's, right. you know, boiling some water. And yeah, sure, there's like a there's like a little certificate hanging on the wall from like the Spring Hollow Chamber of Commerce for like, uh, you know, contribution to the town's economy. That really throws Caden off. I don't know. This is this is not right. Like, why is there a... St- and he points at the certificate or whatever. It's like, why Why is that here? That should be back magic, in Spring Hollow. Probably. It's magic. I don't understand it. It's weird. This is exactly what it looks like, though. I, I imagine he kind of like sits down at one of those uh, patio tables and just keeps looking inside. <laughs> should I? Um, I think... Athen would think back to his time at university to see if he ever studied anything that could explain this phenomena. 
Sure. Why don't you roll me? Uh, you you want to just do a knowledge arcana? Sure. Uh, twelve. Okay, Athanasius, you by this point, uh, knowing what you do about magic, you have gotten the strong sense that uh, you know that the type of magic that can take things from a person's mind or a person's imagination or their memories and make it real or at least seem to be real is illusion magic. To create something like this would take illusion magic of a strength that you can hardly conceive, but yet you were warned uh, that when you were dealing with an aspect, that would be kind of what you are up against. Uh, that this uh, would be sort of the strongest uh, form of that type of magic, if that makes sense. Uh, why don't Caden uh, and Flower and Athanasius, why don't you just all roll me uh, perception checks? We'll just do perception because that's wisdom-based. I am very perceptive. Uh, 17. 17. 18. Okay. You, as you're outside this building, you look down the street and you realize you were on this street yesterday uh, as you were sort of running away from the floaty boy. Um, it's kind of only like one street over away from Salima's uh, hair salon where you were uh, getting all dolled up. And uh, you definitely would have noticed if this was here yesterday. And it definitely wasn't. And uh, additionally, you sort of see... So, Caden, I'm I'm actually going to take the reins here in terms of what the tea shop was like a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, there were sort of these uh, tables out front and then more tables inside where people could sit. But I think in addition to being just a place where people drank tea, that uh, your uncle's tea shop was sort of like a, a bit of a social hub in a small place like Spring Hollow, a yeah, place that's where... Yeah, I'm imagining too. And like, not, not just tea, but like light, you know, like biscuits or... You know, oh yeah sure and, and scones and all the stuff that goes with drinking tea of course and also people socializing together so i think there were uh, a few back rooms actually where uh people could go to sort of drink and maybe have a nice smoke and maybe play some you know card games or things like that not like serious gambling or anything like that but like people do in you know coffee shops you know they play mahjong or whatever the halfling equivalent would be you know right as they're you know hanging out with their friends after a day's work and they're they're enjoying their tea um and one of the doors uh to these back rooms uh is open and as you watch that piece of paper sort of comes free off of the table it was caught on and as if caught in a breeze, sort of gets blown into that back room and out of sight. I feel like we gotta decide now whether we're going in or not. The floaty boy seems to be making its patrol, so we gotta get in or find some other place to get out of sight, Caden. This isn't right, guys. Caden got more nervous with it going into the room, because he's like, I don't know what's in that room right now. Or maybe it's something else. God... Damn it, let's... Fuck, let's go. And Kane just, like, turns around and starts walking away without looking back. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, Athen respects his decision and turns around and follows him. Yeah, one last sort of long look into the window and we'll go after him. Okay, yeah. Nothing, cha- nothing changes. It's just there. 
All right, where are you guys headed to next? We're going into that inner wall. Kane's going to be distracted the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, for years. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, you can pretty easily make your way towards it, but yeah, uh, Flower's right. The floaty boy is definitely making its way towards you guys uh, now. And uh, if you don't do something real quick, it's it's going to start to be in range of spotting you. So what do you do? All right, we need to be quiet this time, and I'll step into like just another shop. Okay, sure. Yeah, you you pop into uh, like a perfume selling shop. It smells crazy in there. Oh yeah. Yeah, I follow Flower. The shadow of the floaty boy passes overhead, and you can hear the sort of snap uh, of its paper wings. And it does definitely seem to circle a couple times, like over where you guys are. Um, and you can sort of feel an uneasiness in the air. Um, they're definitely starting to catch on to the fact that you guys are in the city. Stepping into a shop might not be enough next time as it makes its way away from you guys. Are the paper people reacting to it at all? Uh, yeah, they stop a little bit as it hovers, and I think they look at you. They know that you're the cause of it. Okay. Yeah, they don't, like, make any... I mean, what are they going to do to you? They're made out of paper. They don't, like, make any aggressive moves towards you or anything, but I think they stop talking. The people who are going about the uh, the motion of shopping for perfume uh, in this store and uh, look at you a little uncertainly. I imagine Caden just like slumped against a wall while we were waiting for it to pass. Because he's deep in, deep in thought and half regret. I think Athens sees this and walks up to Caden and gives him a hug. Oh, <laughs> Caden receives it, but he, uh, I don't know, his heart isn't in the hug. Just because he's so sad right now. Yeah, your, your uncle's not here, I'm sure. He's out there somewhere, though, and we'll, we'll find him. I don't really want to talk about it. Let's just keep moving. Okay. Okay. The floaty boy is definitely passed on at this point. Uh, sure. There's a gate ahead of you, uh, leading, uh, it, I mean, open. Everything around here is, is open. Nothing's locked against you. Uh, and beyond it, you can see a place sort of even more beautiful than what you've encountered so far. Um, you can see sort of these lush uh, trees and, uh, you know, bushes, and you smell the smell of all these blooming flowers. Uh, and if you walk through the gate, you are now in the garden district of the city, uh, sort of surrounded by these opulent gardens full of fountains and pools and uh, sort of lush foliage. And uh, hearing the, the twittering songs of paper birds as they flit from branch to branch. I just want to say, um, Kane's like keeping his head like looking down. And he's trying to keep himself distracted by looking for void quartz while they walk along. But, you know, oh, okay. half looking for void quartz to distract himself, half thinking about the tea shop. Okay. So he's not, he's probably not aware of much else besides how close his companions are so i'm looking okay. for void quartz is what i'm doing looking for void quartz well why don't you make me yeah just make me a perception check let's see if there's any void quartz around here uh 17 yeah uh i think as you walk along you definitely see 
quite a few, you know, sparkly things. And, you know, one of them you, you turn over and you're like, oh, no, that's that's not quite right. Maybe that's obsidian or something. And uh, you find another and oh, no, that's that's just normal smoky quartz. That, that's not quite right. And uh, then uh, I think there's uh, like the gate uh, that's open to one of these gardens and uh, you see inside there's a beautiful uh, sort of fountain. It's made all of silver, and water is splashing down it in this beautiful sort of musical tones. And uh, you see a glimmer from within the pool of water. Uh, it looks sort of dark and almost night sky-ish. Hold on, guys. I want to check this out. I go over to the... He sits in the bottom of the fountain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's actually like in the bowl of the fountain. Uh, you see a bunch of uh, beautiful, you know how sometimes like in a fountain, there's like rocks at the bottom. Well, in the bottom of this fountain, there are gems. And it looks pretty much like the description of void quartz you were given. All right, I'll uh, reach down and pick it up. Okay, yeah, the water is beautifully cool on your skin as you reach down your hand into this the water of this fountain, and you come up with a handful of these uh, small polished stones, and sure enough, inside you can almost see, almost as if it's moving, a little cloud of star-bright uh, particles uh, in this sort of deep indigo-colored uh, translucent stone. This looks like void quartz to, to me. What about you guys? What do you think? And I hold it out to them. Absolutely. Um, since I did study archaeology a little bit at the <laughs> university, I'm curious if I would know what what uh, quartz looks like. Yeah, yeah. You think this sounds pretty much like uh what the uh, Minotaur bar owner was describing this morning? I mean, do, do you want to make me a knowledge? I don't know, nature, probably, I guess, for rocks. Check. Sure. Sure. Although archaeology is not the same as geology. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, uh, it's true. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. It's probably out of character. No, like it's, you can, dude, you, you're you a scholar boy. You can roll it. It's fine. Let's you see if you know books. what void courts looks like. Yeah, maybe you saw a picture in a book once. I decidedly did not. That's a five. Okay, I was going to say, you know those geology students, man? They're not in the library reading books. They're like out getting dusty, cracking rocks with hammers. So you you took their like, you know, uh, uh, Brillis's natural history of, you know, 1,000 different rocks of, of Spira, and you used that to uh, do curls with all the time. It was like an old favorite. But unfortunately, because you were doing curls with it, you never opened it. So you actually don't know what void quartz looks like. Ah. Yeah, sad day. So what do you think? Uh, looks right to me. All right. Nice. Stuff it in my pack. How how much how much did uh she say I needed? Just a little bit. Oh, well it was Artean. Uh he or needs he... this to make the boots and he yeah, he said you only needed like just one crystal. Okay. You think for a pair of boots uh this would be adequate? Uh, Caden, you feel as you uh, take hold of these stones, you feel them, yeah, almost tugging at you. They're so beautiful, and you want to keep them so much. Uh, and as you, if you put them in your pack, you are going to lose a point of integrity. I put them in my pack. Okay, cool. All right. I just always want to make that like hundred percent crystal clear. I don't want you guys to ever feel that I'm tricking crystal you into losing integrity. Crystal clear. 
Ah! <laughs> nice. Uh, did the rest of you follow Caden into this garden? Yes, I'm trying yep. to stay as close to everyone as possible. Flower, you feel... Uh, you are the next one who feels a tug at your mind. Uh, you see a piece of paper skitter by, and it, it sort of catches up against uh, the... The place where your your torso meets the ground? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I would say it caught on your feet, but you don't have feet. <laughs> so whatever part of you is touching the ground sort of catches up against the side of you there. Uh, and as you look at it, uh, you realize, um, just sort of out of the corner of your eye, you see a few lines of poetry. It tugs at something familiar in you. Uh, what What language is it written in? Funny enough, uh, it's written in Serpent Folk. Oh, fuck. Yep. All right, yeah. Yeah, I'm grabbing that for sure. For sure, for sure. Okay, yeah, you you pick it up and you unfold it with trembling fingers and you recognize the handwriting too. Trick wrote this poem. Oh. Uh, I don't know, you tell me, what what's the poem about? You, you described to me at length Trick's very bad uh, efforts at poetry. So what what was this particular one about? Uh, she she delights in writing intentionally bad poetry. Um, I don't think she's ever like truly been in love with her in her life, but she loves writing like really bad like love <laughs> sonnets and stuff. So this is like, you know, comparing her lover's lips to, like, two mangoes, and it, like, goes way too far into descriptions of the mangoes and how all the the flies swarm around because of the sweetness of the mangoes, and, yep. you know, you peel the skin back for the juiciness of the mangoes, and, and yeah. <laughs> this is um, this is fucking amazing, I would just love to say. Th- this is great. We're definitely going to uh, work together to write some of Trick's poetry and, and put it out I'm, there for I'm the world. I'm shocked you haven't yet. <laughs> uh, you know what? I uh, uh, <clears throat> sadly put so much time into thinking about what was in Caden's uncle's tea shop. <laughs> Rip. Uh, that, uh, and you know, um, so I'm just going to scrunch up this nice map and, uh, everything here, uh, cause that's not relevant anymore. And, oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry, Cloud. <laughs> no, it's, nope, nope. You know what? That's, that is, we, we play to find that out what happens. That is the beauty of D&D. That's D&D, man. Like, sometimes as a DM, you come up with an entire thing thinking it's going to happen and it does not happen. Don't worry about it at all. That's how the cookie crumbles. And that's kind of the sadness and beauty of being a dungeon master. Yeah, I never I never wanted Caden to lose his integrity doing this the story stuff. And that's why I tried role playing it well enough that like it was No, no, it was great, man. I love it. I love it when someone just completely flips the table on me. Like it I actually love it. <laughs> it's great. Well, now you can just send me all that background stuff, right? Yeah, no, I am glad that I made the map. I like behind the curtain making maps is like my favorite thing and always has been. So I spent just way too much time last night drawing that map, which is very fun. I I love it, by the way. It's great. All right, all right, all right. Uh, So now we have Trick's lovely mango poem. All right, how are we going (laughs) to do this? All right, yeah, I just start grinning while reading it and then i start you know like crying a bit because it's like oh man all the memories as you do that more pieces of paper 
start to fly past you. Um, pictures of some of them are like paintings that have been done uh, that are just like so horrible. Like, you know, I think some of them are maybe like bad pinup of serpent folk uh, just sort of like lounging and like decadently eating fruit. They're like really tasteless. It's 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 really, really bad. Uh, and uh, yeah, a couple more of those like bad love sonnets, uh, you know, comparing people to like, you know, the glint of the sun off of a butterfly's wing, but it just goes into like horrible detail where like she's talking about like the butter, like the scaly powder that falls off the butterfly's wings and stuff like that. And it just, it's bad. And uh, you see... Uh, more and more of these pieces of paper and slowly, just like they did in the necropolis, they uh, fold themselves and come together and coalesce into a very familiar shape. Um, to the rest of you, uh, it looks like they are coming together into the shape of a uh, sort of stooped and hunchbacked old lizard folk uh, who looks kind of like a chameleon, uh, has sort of those like large... Uh, swiveling eyes and kind of those horns that that stick out uh and uh, some of the badly done paintings sort of fold themselves so that uh you can see uh sort of the like vivid uh blue and yellow stripes uh that always used to run down trick's back and trick comes together in the air and looks at you flower and says flower so far from home here. Uh, 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 uh-huh. What are you doing so far from home in this place? <laughs> it's, it sounds silly to say, but I'm saving the world, I guess. You see, as much as it can, uh, I think some of the paper kind of twitches itself and you see Trick smile. Saving the world. The world is a big place. This isn't anything like the jungle at all and i think uh i think she's holding like a stick i i always envisioned trick walking with a staff kind of yeah because uh, you yeah. described them uh, or her being old and uh so i think she's still sort of got like a rolled up paper walking stick and she kind of uses it to sort of rustle one of the bushes nearby it smells all wrong this place there's nothing like the jungle hmm Saving the world is a big job. Well, I, I, I have help. Uh, this uh, paper lizard folk person instantly fixes their, I think separately, because chameleons can move their eyes separately. One eye mm -hmm. definitely goes down and looks at Caden. The other looks straight at you, Athanasius. That's great. Welp. Caden rolls stealth to hide behind. Uh... <laughs> yep, yep, sure. Caden hides behind uh, Athens. Boom, that's a uh, 22. Hmm. I could have sworn I saw two friends, but now I only see one. Strange companions you have there. Just this dragonborn then, eh? She uh, pokes Athanasius in the center of the chest with her stick, which is made of paper. Athen, this is this is tr trick. I imagine I'm just lashed onto Athen's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you've just so sort of like, like climbed Athens up his back to turn around like a lizard would immediately see me <laughs> because i'm just <laughs> latched onto his back all right athanasius you feel a small halfling man clinging desperately to your back uh-huh and a uh stooped 
uh, paper lizard folk woman is poking you with a paper stick and looking at you very critically. I just kind of give the kind of like, the just kind of like nervous wave, you know what I mean? All right, in Serpent Folk, uh, Flower, uh, Trix says to you, Good gods, Xexa, is this really the best you can do these days? I, I, Look at this one. She says, poking him more in the chest. <laughs> That's, you said that about me too. And I know. Look at me now. I know, but you've grown. I'm proud of you. All right, that's that's something that um, Flowers heard like twice in his life from Trick. And mm-hmm. he just looks at yep. her and is like, you know what happened, didn't you? How can how can you be proud of me? I'm proud of of who you're growing to be, but I'm I'm not proud that you left to try to save the world when all along the world that needed saving was the place that you came from. And as she says that, you see her form start to change a little bit. I mean, she's already made of paper, but in a couple places, it sort of starts to crinkle in on itself, almost as if wounds are sort of opening up on her body. And even more horrifying than that, the paper starts to fold itself into slightly different shapes. And as you watch, it's a little hard to tell because it's made of paper, but it almost looks like little mushrooms uh, and fungi are sprouting out of the holes. And more and more of Trick starts to sort of collapse in on herself and fold it into these new sort of mushroomy shapes as she speaks to you. Flower, you left to get stronger. You left to answer a call that you didn't understand, but but you couldn't hear us crying out behind you. Flower's just kind of paralyzed at this point. This is cutting like directly to the heart of everything he's been guilty and afraid about since leaving the, the jungle. So yeah, he's just kind of in shock. Okay. As sort of the last of Trick sort of folds in on itself, she whispers, the curse was deeper than you knew. And the wounds were deeper than you could have imagined. And then there's sort of nothing left but this pile of paper that's folded itself into sort of these shapes of mushrooms. Fuck me. All right, Cloud. <laughs> yep. Surprise! <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. If Caden was down for the count, Flower's buried at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I think he just sort of like slowly collapses around this and just, he doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't even have the energy to cry. I have a question for DM here. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we do something that costs integrity, like you, yeah. at least like when it was the, like the first time we all got like our pieces, pieces of paper in the desert or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you were kind of telling us how like we felt like we lost something or we were stuck here or more drawn here, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do we get any good feelings from not giving in? Um, yeah. I mean, I think you kind of get to decide that. Uh, I'm I'm interested in how Caden is feeling about... I don't mind talking about Caden in a second, but right now, flower moment. I just wanted to ask that real quick. 
Okay. Because, yeah, flower, um, sorry, I really should have stated this up front, but just like with Athen and uh, Zania, uh, engaging uh, with in this in this dialogue would have cost you a point of integrity. I, I was. I don't do it then. No, no I was pretty. I was pretty sure you knew that. <laughs> I was pretty sure you you knew. Uh, you knew all the, of that. The jam by now. God, I would have done it just for the bad poetry. Yeah, I know. Um, Could I have used Gus to keep the piece of paper from blowing into the shop? Sure. Hmm. Oh well. <laughs> I wasn't gonna look at it anyway. I never wanted Kadian to do it. <laughs> Uh, Flower, you're sort of curled up in the middle of this garden, um, and in your hands, all of Trick's poems have folded themselves up into uh, the shapes of these mushrooms, um, which you can sort of hold in your hands. Uh, They're not blowing away. I mean, yeah, that's all I'm doing. Okay, Athanasius, Caden, what are you doing? I'm trying to remain very still so that Caden remains hidden behind me. Well, the... Lady is yeah. not mushrooms, right? Yeah, there's there's nothing left to hide from that you know of, except maybe the floaty boys. I climb off the back and look at Flower. What, what's Flower's kind of stance right there? Got origami mushrooms, basically. Kind of laying listlessly on the um this garden grass? Yeah, sort of, uh, yeah, like grass and paving stones, like a garden path. So what was that? Uh... Everything that I've been afraid of since leaving the jungle has has come true, and I have to go back. I have to go back. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's there's other people, you know, much more capable than I am, and you can you can find them. I I need to, to go back and, and 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 help them. I was I was the one thing that could help them, and I left. You want to go back now, or after we're done here? Yes, we have to get back to Gallimaufry, I'm sure, first. I feel that key around my neck. Yeah, I was going to say, you're the one with the key. Oh, jeez. I guess, I think Caden uh, puts like an arm on one of one of uh, Flower's forearms. And um, he says, you know, I, I, I don't know who that was or, you know, what they may have said to you, but. Oh, actually, you could you could hear everything they said. That it was in Serpent Folk. Uh, only the part where he was at insulting Athanasius was in Serpent Folk. Sorry, I should have specified. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm trying to be a little mean to you guys here by airing all of your characters' dirty laundry in front of each other. Except you, Caden. Except me. <laughs> yep. You squeak by free this time. <laughs> yep. At what cost? Uh, possibly the cost of getting to level four. <laughs> Rip me. Yeah, I was going to say, Caden's <laughs> going to be level three forever, but all his integrity is intact. And he's going to have sick boots. What? Oh, boots. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and he's going to have sick boobs. That's one of the that's one of the shops that we, we skipped out on, was the one that gave you boob jobs. Oh, there were t- those totally were there, like, along the way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Athanasius, uh, what are you doing? Uh, I know you and Flower had a bit of a tense moment last night, but your friend who you've grown really close with is like sort of weeping, curled up on the ground. What do you do? Uh, as uh, as Caden walks up and puts his arm on, on one of Flower's arms, I walk to his other side and put my arm on on his other arm. 
What are you feeling and saying as Flower uh, is saying that he, he needs to go back? He needs to go back to the jungle. Um, Part of me is really sad because I've grown to be very close with Flower. And part of me is a little relieved because I don't really want to go anymore in, into my necromancy with Flower. Oh, so are you thinking that Flower will go to the jungle without you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Flower wants to leave us. I mean, yeah, that's what he's... He's not sort of expecting you to come with him. All right. Uh, the floaty boys are still circling overhead. Uh... In fact, I think one of them is starting to get get close again. I'd like to get some insight on what uh, Caden was thinking, if you want to hear it. Oh, uh, heck yes, always, please. So, so about I'm particularly thinking about the tea shop, right? And, yeah. You know, in my head, I was trying to come up with a justification for not doing because you know, Player Mac didn't want Caden to give up his integrity to do this stuff. Right. But I I didn't want to be so disingenuous about just be like, yeah, he loves his uncle, but he doesn't care. Uh, right. But I think um, part of it is also like, Caden is so put off by this place and knowing, like, there's pa- the, the city's made up of paper people, right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's super creepy. It's so full of magic and creepy and he doesn't even know if what he could find if uh, what he would find he could trust yeah and he knows that if his uncle wanted Caden to find him then this isn't the way his uncle would do it right his uncle wouldn't set up illusionary magic spells for a place he think Caden might go right you know and he feels like if he was meant to find his uncle this was not the way he was meant to do it and That's that... totally legit. I love this. I love this character building moment for Caden. This is a side of Caden that I I don't think I've quite seen before, and I'm I'm really really happy and interested in it, and I like it a lot. Yeah, I think this is like a huge. I think this is a huge moment, honestly, for you. Sort of like Caden turning away from this opportunity. Um, not saying that he still doesn't want to find his uncle, but that he's deliberately choosing to do it a different way. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's it. He's he definitely knows that like this place it's it's messing with him, it's messing with all of them. And it's not it he doesn't you know, it's not necessarily good intentioned or even neutral intentioned. It's it could it could be showing him the stuff with some other intention. A hundred percent. Some other reasons behind it. And mm-hmm. even if it does give him the partial truth, like it could tell him something that might mislead him in another way that skews his thinking towards a way that wouldn't be right. Yeah, no, that that is all definitely 100% true. So yeah, that was a little bit... I was thinking that during the tea shop scene. I just never kind of got it out. No, that's really good. I'm I'm really glad. I always like to know like what's going on inside. That's great insight there. Great role playing too, by the way. Great job. I did not see that one coming and it was fantastic. I love it. You guys make me smile. <laughs> All right. As uh as Flower is laying on the ground and you two are sort of hunched around him, um, you start to hear the snap, snap 
uh, of the paper wings of a floaty boy as it comes closer and closer to you. Sure enough, you can sort of see it uh, starting to come uh, up over the uh, the trees uh, in the distance. Are we still in what a series do? of gardens or are we in like streets with more shops? No, you are now in uh, like a large portion of uh, sort of garden grounds. So there's like paths, trees, fountains, you know, lawns, places to sit and relax and look at all the beautiful flowers and trees. We should hide. Caden dives into a bush. I feel like it's distraction time. And I want to bust one of the fountains in such a way that it starts like geysering water up really high. Ooh, okay. Kids in the bush okay, already. go for it. Uh, why don't you just make me uh, like a strength uh, check to see sort of how well you can break this fountain. All right. That's not athletics, it's strength. Oh, uh, you know what? We can, uh, let's do athletics. That's it fine. Super doesn't matter because that's a natural 20. <gasps> no but way! I guess like with athletics, it'd be a 26. So. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, yeah. You... Channeling all that sadness into anger. <laughs> oh boy. Heck yeah. You go over and you take out your machete and you take a look at this fountain and you look up at this very paper floaty boy and you uh, wail into this fountain with your machete in just the right way and with a surprising amount of strength because I did say it was made out of metal, but hot damn, it does not matter. You slice the top straight off of this fountain so that the pipe is like exposed and water shoots up into the air. And uh, I think just as the floaty boy sort of gets within range and sort of turns its eyes towards you, a spout of water comes up and hits it straight in the face. Uh, and you hear it shrieking on the edges of your mind as sort of uh, the paper of its head sort of starts to get soggy and damp uh, and bear it down a little bit, and it's writhing in the air. What do you do? Let's go towards the tower, guys, while it's distracted. Come on. Hurry up. Caden, I don't know where you are, but we gotta get going, bud. I climb out of the bush. All right, you guys are making you guys are making a break. For the, the innermost wall, uh, beyond which is the huge glowing tower? Yeah. Yep. I definitely follow Flower's lead. Heck, all right. Okay, uh, you guys run as fast as you can. Um, Wait. The floaty, the floaty boy is turning to follow you, but uh, uh, you're sort of zigging and zagging through these garden paths past more flowers and pools. Did you say wait? Hold on. He okay. wants to go back to the tea shop. <laughs> I need to go back Wait. to the tea shop. Wait, my uncle. <laughs> Can I create a minor illusion of? Uh, sure. Athens? Or actually, I could make. Could I make it a minor illusion of myself? Sh uh, sure, I think so. All right. I don't know the exact rules on minor we'll illusion, but in... here's a question. All right, it says range thirty feet, uh -huh. and it has a duration. So okay. can I cast it on a spot and run more than thirty feet away? Uh, does it say that the illusion dissipates if you move more than 30 feet from it? If th if that was the fact, the spell text would explicitly state it. It doesn't. No, it doesn't say. Okay, then yeah, sure. I create a minor illusion of myself standing by the bushes that I jumped out of. Okay. And then we run for it. Okay. Sadly, uh, the illusion does not seem to have any effect whatsoever on the floaty boy. Rip. Uh yeah, sorry. 
Uh, it's made of illusion magic, so it knows illusions when it sees it. Uh, and it is, uh, it's it's gaining on you guys. Flower did it some nice damage by uh, spraying it with water, though. That was a nice move. Um, uh, its its head is sort of dragging a little bit, and you can see it's kind of struggling to maintain the same level of height in the air, but it's, it's definitely still coming for you. Uh, and as you race through the trees, uh, up ahead of you looms uh, sort of a third gate in the highest wall you have yet seen. And sadly, this gate is closed. That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, talesfromthetablecast.com. And you can find us on Twitter, at TableTalesCast. This podcast was edited by Cloud and Audrey and produced by Cloud. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for his awesome advice. Our theme music is 8-Bit Adventure by Adhesive Wombat. This is your Dungeon Master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us next week on Tales from the Table.